everyone. I'm Reverend Carla. Welcome to Spirituality Matters. And now I invite you to settle in and let's find that sacred space between here where I am and there where you are. And let us be reminded that the Holy transcends our physical bodies and our time together is just as sacred and meaningful as if we were sitting beside one another. All right, this podcast today is entitled Christianity's Day of Reckoning. But before I start talking about this, I'm going to go off script a little bit. I might be jumping around here as I look for references. And this is something new uh, that I've never done before. But the reason I feel compelled to do this is because late last night, I'm recording this on May 3rd, 2022, and late last night, it was uh, dropped that the Supreme Court has drafted a decision that would basically overturn Roe versus Wade. Now that is the law that um, allows women to have rights over their body to decide whether or not they will have an abortion. This has sent shockwaves throughout the world, really, because it's the first time that we are getting a true reflection of what the intent is of this court. We all have been concerned. Many of us have been talking for many months on the danger of the type of rhetoric that we've seen, the type of laws that have been passed on the state level that have started to just completely annihilate human rights, not just women's rights, but LGBTQIA plus rights, the rights to a fair and truthful education that eliminates uh, our true history that definitely impacts Black, Indigenous, and people of color. So in other words, people that have been historically marginalized, that that our laws have protected, those laws are being annihilated. And now the Supreme Court is signaling that they want to continue to give states the authority to make those laws. And if you follow Heather Cox Richardson, as I do, Um, You can find her on Facebook. She also has a Substack, which is a newsletter. She often takes what's happening in today's world and compares it to what happened right before the Civil War. Now, friends, I'll be the first to tell you that I don't talk about how dangerous this conflict could get. I don't talk, at least out here in the public forum, about how dangerous it could, could get. But every day I become more concerned. I become more concerned for the safety of those of us here, but especially the world that my children and my grandchildren and so on are facing if we do not regain control of our country that ensures the right of every citizen to exist as free as the white American male Christian. Because primarily those are the ones who are leading the charge to annihilate these rights. So Heather talks about, the, uh, built, she builds a bridge from an uh, 1857 ruling by the Supreme Court that basically said that Black Americans had no rights that a white man was bound to respect. And that ruling went on to say that Congress had no power to prohibit human enslavement in the territories. So this ruling basically said that states and territorial legislatures would also limit the voting to just white men. Now, why would they do that? 
they did it so that slavery could continue to expand in the new territories and stay in place in the southern states. So she ties, Heather ties those actions of white men protecting slavery to today's actions that are methodically stripping away our rights. Now let's make this very clear here. We are talking about a president, meaning President Trump, who received a minority of the popular vote. And then when he lost re-election, tried to overturn our democracy. Now, these are Heather's words where she says, quote, it's it's explicitly taken away a constitutional right that has been protected for 50 years, but they're not going to stop with abortion. Now, oftentimes I'll get I'll have people call me out to say basically uh, in very misogynistic ways that I'm just overreacting. Aren't I being a little emotional about this? Am I? Because even Heather Cox Richardson, a American historian, a professor who studies this says that the right to an abortion has been protected in this country for 50 some years that, but she also believes they're not going to stop there. Next on the chopping block will be birth control, being able to marry whoever you want, including biracial marriages and same sex marriages, being able to have the right to live in desegregated spaces. And this continues on because people at the state level have signaled that every one of these rights that we have so fought for over the years that our ancestors have fought for are at risk. And let's also make this very clear. There's never been a time when the white male has ever graciously given these rights to us. They have been fought for. And something else that she says that's very important is that we who believe in equal rights and justice for all, for equity, for all humans, we are the majority. Our challenge in front of us today is that they have the power, but that doesn't mean it has to be that way. We have been somewhat complacent in thinking that our bodies of our, our political system would take care of this, but I'm telling you that the time is now for us to use our voices, our collective voices, because as, as, as if we don't, as Kaylee McKinney said to Kirk Cameron in a video last week, we just need more white Christian babies born. Now she didn't say white, but we know what we're looking at. Aren't we? Why do they want more white babies? Why do they want more Christian babies? Because they fear, they know they're not the majority. Why do they fear that losing that control? In order to, to, to stay in control, it requires that people, humans that have been historically marginalized, stay marginalized. Someone has to stay oppressed in this system. And that is what they're working for. So even though my title of my blog this week and in, in the content that I wrote in that blog was written before I recorded this podcast. It, this truly is a, still a day of reckoning for Christianity because there is no difference. If your church and those in your church pews are not terrified of what is happening in this country, then they are part of the problem. And I cannot stress this enough, stress this enough. Today, I, I made a video on TikTok regarding this. And please go look at the information of the people I tagged 
One is uh, a, a, an attorney who is versed in constitutional law and works to separate uh, religion from politics. Another one is a, a, an activist, a political activist who gives you, arms you with information on what to do, what to actively do to help protect our rights. And another one is a, a, another a legal expert who can help you decode some of what is going on here. Now, I've already had people push back on me because I, I will be honest, as someone who is also an activist who uses my voice to center and amplify the historically marginalized groups, I haven't spoken a lot about abortion. Why? Because there's so many people out here already doing that work. And in order for your message not to be watered down too much, you want to be really careful about how you use your voice. So I stay in my lanes in order to stay effective. You know what you're coming for. Sorry, my other dog. I'm sitting out uh, to get some sunlight and my other dog is deciding to get up and make noises, but that's okay. That's what you have when you're in a life of a, with senior dogs. But it's important that when something so outrageous and egregious happens that you lend your voice to it. So I've already had pushback to say, well, what about the babies? And I can see my follower count ebbing and flowing, but I'm telling you that when someone says that to me, they are not pro-life, they are pro-birth because the very people who are screaming that it's about the babies are the ones who deny health care, basic care for unwed mothers, basic rights to people that somehow feel that it's their right to then judge a woman who lives in single womanhood as a single woman and trying to struggle to make ends meet for a, for a, a child that you, you feel like you have the right to tell her to bear. I will be the first to tell you that I wish we lived in a world where a, abortion doesn't exist. But I can say that as a white privileged person who found herself pregnant at 16 years old, my family would lived in a trailer at that time. And I was terrified to tell my mother. And you know what she said to me? You need to tell me what's going on because I may be the only friend you have. And you know what? I had more with that than, I, than a lot of people have. We cannot be judge and jury over people and their lives based on our experiences. I had support in my life. So at that time, that was the decision I made. I cannot judge someone else and what their decision is. So don't tell me about the babies when you are sitting there privileged in your home, judging someone else through the filter of your experience. Don't, don't tell me to rationalize when you are okay with in vitro fertilization. And let me just tell you right now, I am a huge advocate of IVF. But don't tell me that you're not being a hypocrite when, you, when, when only a selective embryo makes it and the rest of them are destroyed. You're okay with that because you justify it as science. You're okay with that science. There's so much hypocrisy around this pro-birth versus pro-life. No one deserves to call their, what, they, what they're doing pro-life if they are not then worried about the welfare of the mother and child post-delivery, and you're not. 
Go back and read Rick Scott's 11 point plan to rescue America, which basically annihilates every social service program in this country five years from now, every social service. Go look around your kitchen table or with your colleagues or think about your family who somebody isn't working, who isn't taking advantage of social security, Medicaid, Medicare, disability, and you're okay with that. And you want to talk to me about pro-life issues. What about your, your relative who's on one of those, those programs? This is nothing but hypocrisy when there are people who are living right now from paycheck to paycheck who could barely make it. And those programs will be annihilated. Don't tell me you're pro-life. You're pro-birth and you're ignoring everything else. And there's nothing Christian about it. I pulled up a writing that I wrote in 2019. So these, these statistics are going to be kind of dated, but I'll also put the sources in the show notes. But as of 2019, there were 443,000 children in foster care, 123,000 children waiting to be adopted in the United States, 140 million orphan children in the world, 400 thousand orphaned children will starve in one year. 2,100,000 children will become orphans in one year. And there are over 600,000 abortions performed each year in this country. That was the average. And again, like I said, those are 2019 statistics, and I'll put them all in the good luck with them. There's about 20. And my point is this. I know this, this, this conversation is uncomfortable and I'm not trying to back you into a quarter to justify your views. I've already said that I wished we live in a world where abortion didn't exist, but it does. And this is an invitation to look in the mirror and soul search your apathy towards the living child. We cannot look at just the US statistics alone and we can't just look at the white babies because we know that's what this is about. This is a selfish, self-centered, white extremist Christian agenda to make sure that white babies are being born so that you can stay in control. And it is nothing like Jesus. It is clear we are risking an entire generation because we are asleep at the wheel of compassion. The body of Christ should be caring about all of this instead of this one issue that somewhere a long time ago, Jerry Falwell decided to marry politics with evangel evangelicals and you decided to make to take this banner on as something that you your cross to bear to change. Before that, even the Southern Baptist Convention said that there were times that abortion was warranted and it was always between a woman and her doctor. That was in the 70s, look it up. It is, in it is indeed a day of Christians reckoning. I am not going to go into what I wrote in the blog. You can read it all. Except America's Christianity rooted in white supremacy is at work here. And for those of you who are, are linking your Christian faith to this agenda, you have been duped. Your spirituality couldn't be farther removed from your actions if your only actions is preventing someone from living a life 
of struggle because in this country, we have not made taking care of the living a priority. And I invite any of you to go read Rick, Rick Scott's 11 point rescue plan and then look at your disabled uncle or your mother who's on social security and looks up for that. Look her in the eye and tell her you're pro-life. I'm so honored to be in this space with you. I pray you receive something. I know I did. The teacher teaches exactly what she needs to hear. Beloveds, I ask that you go in peace and be at peace. Go in love and may you be loved. Go and know that others are on this journey with you. You are not alone. You are seen and deeply and unconditionally loved just the way you are. And I just want you to know, don't give up hope. There's many of us out here who are advocating for equal rights and justice for all. This is the right side of history. This is being the hands and feet of Jesus. This is sacred living. Thanks for listening. Be sure to like and subscribe to Spirituality Matters wherever you listen to podcasts. You can watch the uncut version of today's episode on YouTube. Be sure to like and subscribe to Rev Carla's channel for more videos. Submit questions for upcoming Q&A videos or topics of discussion to Spirituality Matters at RevCarla.com. As always, follow at RevCarla on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Pinterest for more spirituality teachings. Bye for now!